Armored Bear Productions. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Out of Character, the Not Safe for Wizards Q&A talk show. this episode of monstrous encounter you can find us talking to kayla uh who plays hi kayla how are you hi i am i am i am home (laughs) it has been a day but i am i am home and comfortable so that's good and learning about video games Uh, seven days to die is what we're just chatting about real quick as i just jumped on to do the interview and uh me and some friends of mine have a server and we've been building and i recruited a bunch of other friends of mine and we're showing them the game and getting them involved we all love it uh we just started playing uh not too long ago and there is a humble bundle for it i think it's like 67 percent off so it's only eight bucks or nine bucks um a lot of fun with the game if you like minecraft it's especially fun if you like the zombies it's great I like Minecraft for the building part. Like, I've never played. My goal is to get Minecraft, and I think I've talked about this before on one of the shows, uh, is to get Minecraft just so that I can build environments for my D&D players. Oh, that'd be very interesting. I really, really want to do that. The hard part is, one, it's not it's not expensive. It's just me just biting the bullet and going, okay, I'm going to do this, and then finding the time. I'm pretty sure there's a free version of Minecraft, but I don't know too much about it. I I bought, uh, I think, like the $25 version because that's what some other friends of mine were playing. Um, I think that's the Java version. Uh, I I don't know too much about the different versions. My my niece, actually, I just found out is huge into Minecraft. And she's like on the public forums and like supposedly kind of well-known she's only 12 years old though so that's okay kids are geniuses these days man my kid at that age was like especially with minecraft was building these like huge environments and he'd be like mom come here check it out and it would be like you're stepping into this grotto with this waterfall and trees and and i mean he was so creative with this stuff it was so incredible i think he started at like I don't know, we started playing at like nine or something like that. And it was just, it was amazing. It's a great way to like expand your imagination. Yeah, I, I agree. And Seven Days to Die uh, doesn't have as many options right out the box as Minecraft does, but it looks a lot more realistic. And uh, I think it has a lot more of uh, another aspect to it, which is the first person shooter and survival aspect because you build kind of a tower defense to Uh, it as well as um as well as the building aspect and like you go to different locations and do like uh salvage operations and hunt zombies and quests and stuff like that um so it's like minecraft but not exactly uh gotcha it's a game we we fell in love with it. We all recommend it. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't say more Bonnie, about it. 
<laughs> Zombies scared the hell out of me. I'm such a wuss. It's, it's terrible. Like, it took me forever to get into The Walking Dead because I couldn't get past the zombies. You it, it know? Re it reminds me so much of The, of the Walking Dead. And actually, there's um, there's now five of us on the on this one server. And three of us on a regular basis will kind of, like, scream out on the, on the Discord channel when we get surprised by a zombie popping out of the wall. So, um, yeah, it's, I, it's, well, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it's rough. I, I have trouble with the zombie thing. I think that's why the Borg scare me so much too, because they're somewhat zombie-esque. Oh, I never thought the Borg were, were scary. I love the Borg. Oh, I the, the Borg. Pet Borg. Oh no, the Borg scare the shit out of me. There is very little that scares me. Like I will pet a xenomorph, but Borg scare the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Xenomorph scared me. Okay. <laughs> but I don't like bugs, so like okay. Uh okay. So yeah, totally legit. There was a point in my life where I was terrified of the xenomorphs because I'd had a very, very bad experience as a child uh with kind of that sort of type of thing. Um and it just I was terrified for a really long time and then something something happened. I don't know what happened. I think it was I don't, you know, I don't even know. There was some point in my life where it just like a switch flipped and I went, that's cool. And I went from being terrified to being absolutely fascinated. Oh, you see, as a like, I think I was like 10, 10 year old boy. Um, I woke up on a camping trip covered in red ants. Mm. And that's um, not OK. No, it really wasn't. And ever since then, I hate small insects um i'm fine with like palmetto bugs like and being in from florida we have the worst palmetto bugs because they're big insects i don't mind big insects but small insects fuck the hell out of me um, all right so you take care of the roaches and i'll take care of the tiny insects and we'll be it, good exactly <laughs> uh, uh going to school up here in pittsburgh and having friends visit me down in florida uh from pittsburgh anytime they would see you know flying cockroach they would freak the fuck out they just be yep. like, what the hell is that it's satan's spawn is what it is oh don't worry it's just a little pet oh my god oh my god i can take any other i i love scorpions i love all kinds of multi-legged creatures i've had pets for scorpions for pets not not the roach it's the one i love spiders all that stuff the roach is the one insect that I'm just like, nope. They are dirty. Nope. They're just, I don't know, it's something, something about their look, you know? And it's weird because, like, people hearken them to, like, beetles and stuff like that. And, like, I love beetles. Beetles are fine. Beetles are cool, you know? This get, you know, the, there's, it just, I don't know. It's something. Maybe it's just, you know, being raised in South Florida. I don't know. Something. But anyhow, that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, you know what? <laughs> Speaking of roaches, we should get to the, the encounter uh, where you guys face basically a giant roach. Um, maybe yeah. not a giant roach, but uh, Monstrous oh Encounter uh, was basically a giant bug uh, encounter. Yeah, that thing needed to die. It was a bug. It needed to die. Um it, it was a really fun encounter, I thought. You know, you guys were following the archers. Uh, yeah. And and throughout the episode, I thought that there is this reoccurring theme of you sneaking off, uh, you know, to do scouting work and somebody going with you and 
completely blowing the sneakiness of the party. Yeah, uh, yeah, that happens a lot because that's just that's that's what Jade's good at, and it just you know, and I mean, like it was interesting too because I think Celeste was the first one that went with us. And we had just met Celeste, right. and I love I love Dee's commitment to this character and how this character is like people. Ew, I, it's great. <laughs> It's so much fun. So for Celeste to just be like, fuck you, I'm just walking. You know, it's like, I'm sitting here going, sneak, sneak. And she's just like, whatever. It was great. It's, it's, I love that kind of character play. It's, it's fun. Yeah, I, I think she did a great job with it, especially, you know, she wanted to sneak at first. And then she's like, no, I'm going to fail. I'm just going to fail. We're going to keep on going. Just going to embrace it. it. Yep. <laughs> I embrace it. And then, you know, later on, you guys try to be smart about it and split off half the party in one direction, you know, all the noisy people on one side and all the quiet people on the other side. And then uh, Chase blowing his stealth check. And you're like, oh, no, still can't get a break. Yeah, uh, no, we just, it, it was not, it was not our night for stealthy. <laughs> but you still managed to, you, you know, managed to hide twice, get two major sneak attack uh, attacks off. Uh, so many times we, we've heard you guys mention about how you are the muscle of the party, and you definitely showed that with this episode. Uh, <laughs> let's see, you dealt, what did you deal, like oh 70 my God, damage just... that, that this time? Yeah, it was stupid damage. I got really lucky. It was, yeah, she is tiny and mighty when she decides that something needs killing. <laughs> And this was something that you guys definitely needed to kill. Uh, do you know about the Remoras? Um, I don't know a whole lot about them. I, I kind of got to know them through this encounter a little bit. Um, there's so many, there's so many monsters um, mm -hmm. in in D and D and throughout the history of D and D. And I have the worst memory on the planet. Um, so trying to remember all of their like little nuances and stats and stuff is really tough for me so my brain kind of goes bug kill stuff you know <laughs> like, it didn't pop into my head until joe mentioned that it was a remoras but then i realized why the encounter was so easy for you guys um because one it basically went over and just over around uh it didn't even get a chance to attack you yeah, but um, and, and mainly that's because you all stayed at range. And the interesting thing would have been if you, being kind of one of the more melee characters, you you've taken a lot of shots with your bow, but you do have a lot of melee weapons as well. Um, you have the new crowbar weapon. Yeah. Um, you get flung sometimes by yes. the lift. Yes. Uh, one of the very interesting things would have been if you'd actually got within melee distance of it uh first yeah. off if you had hit it with a melee attack um you would have taken 3d6 fire damage ow isn't that fun it, no it's one, <laughs> it's one of those great uh creatures that every time you hit it in melee you take damage because of its heated um body that's interesting yeah that's not something um little jade does not need to be roasted <laughs> she's a little bit of a glass cannon sometimes like she's she could be tough but she don't have all that many hit points <laughs> well you know uh it's just one of the ways it goes i'm sure though if you had taken one hit at it you would have taken the hit and then you would have backed off afterwards being a rogue 
you can do disengage as a bonus action. Yep. Oh, yeah. Touch the stove once. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> and Jade's smart enough to do that. I know I played a couple characters who definitely weren't smart enough to do that. <laughs> They'd be like, hit it. Uh, you know, I think I can hit it again and just kill it. <laughs> it's that, ow, quit it. Ow, quit it. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's she's definitely not for for going back in if she's gonna unless I mean like there are times there have been times where if Jade is fiercely protecting someone that she cares about she will she will lose sight of her vulnerability a little bit if she is just like you are hurting my friend you must die you know she'll she'll go back in where she probably shouldn't occasionally but for the most part. I think and Jade knows that she doesn't, you know, she's a little squishy. See, this is an episode where we really needed Orion rushing in, you know, because he wouldn't have been able to help himself. Right? <laughs> he would have been right up against that thing, hitting as hard as he could, um, missing horribly, but hitting as hard as he could. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because, you know, this thing was a monstrosity and you know, Orion has to kill the monstrosity, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I miss him. Oh, of course. I, I miss Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. care about Orion. I miss Pete. <laughs> yeah, well, Jade misses Orion. Kayla misses Pete very much. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other interesting thing is uh, if this thing was able to hit you, um, you would have taken a very fun trip, much like uh, Men in Black. Inside the Beast. Inside the Beast. Mm. Mm-mm, no swallow jade bad jade go pokey come on hobbits like to eat and i'm sure hobbits are very tasty oh i'm sure they are <laughs> oh you guys I, I i i think that you are going to appreciate more than anybody else how lucky you guys got by not uh getting within melee distance of this thing oh yeah absolutely it's yeah, no, no, kill from a distance. Thank you very much. Um, and then carve it up and use it for armor. But <laughs> I was very, very happy to see you do that. I, in truth, I thought Lilith was going to be the first one to try to do it, but but you went right for it. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about. I mean, like Jade as she's evolving. Like she started out so sweet and innocent um and as she's evolving because she never she never thought about armor too much before like she had her overalls and she had her bear suit and she had her daggers and that was all she needed and she's starting to think more about what she needs to survive and what she needs to i mean like this enemy is becoming formidable this enemy enemy is becoming something that is is dangerous and she's starting to think about those things and like what can she do to protect herself a little bit more because like i said she knows she's a little bit of a glass cannon and she's you know she doesn't wear a lot of armor um but she's starting to think about those things more and she's looking at around at her friends and what she's learned from morian in the past and you know that thing's got some pretty hard ass scales might as well do something with it <laughs> Uh, and and it might look very cool, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking is that that's going to make a, a really interesting addition when when Jade gets to that point of kind of battle ready. You mm -hmm. know, she's she's shown little bits and pieces of the other side of her personality and the fierceness that she's that she's got, and as she grows and evolves, I think that's going to become even more prevalent 
in her once like the bear suits come comes off and the armor goes on. When was the last time Jade actually got hit by something? Oh geez, I don't know. I, I was I was trying to think back to all the uh battles going going back and Jay doesn't seem to get hit very often. She doesn't. She doesn't because she does. She hides and she, mm-hmm. you know, strikes and moves and you know, right. things like that. Um, she doesn't. Being get a hobbit, I mean, she... You can hide almost behind somebody else. Yeah, and she has. <laughs> um, yeah, she she doesn't. And when she does, like it hurts. You know, I know I know that she has gotten hit a couple of times, real bad, but not. Not a whole lot. We we continue to frustrate Joe because um, he keeps throwing these monsters at us, and we're just like, meh, one round, two rounds. You know, I'm waiting for him to get pissed and send something really nasty after us. This was kind of something real nasty. Just uh, you guys stayed away from it, and and unfortunately, only had a move speed of thirty. So um, getting next to you guys was was not exactly an option for it. Um, you guys stayed at a well distance and no ranged attacks. So yeah. that, that's all it really took. Uh, yep, yep. But uh, Joe has the nostalgia for, for some of these classic monsters. And, and so yes. you'll, you'll see them come out. I'm, I'm yeah. sure at some point you guys will get into an epic battle of monstrous level. I couldn't think of another word there. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, he he definitely has a, a love for the older monsters, which is cool. Um, and he plays them well. And and he, but Joe is the type of DM that he he doesn't throw monsters at us just to throw monsters at us. You know, it's part of the story. It's part of furthering the story. It's you know, it's very rarely just a straight up random encounter unless we're traveling for you know days and days and days. And still, even then, he thinks about what's going to make sense you know, for where we are and what's going on. Well, then that's an interesting thought. Why was this Remoraz just sitting out in the middle of the forest? That's what I want to know. Like, that has been bugging me. Like, I'm waiting. I'm kind of like, I'm I'm peeking around corners, you know. I'm looking at things going, okay, why? What was this? Was this the, the um, you know, the, oh my god, brain? The Warmakers, uh, was this the Warmakers doing? Is this something that was attracted to the elves for some reason? Like, what, why was this crazy monster in the middle of a snow-ridden forest? Right. You know, right. Like, it was, it was out of place. And I, as knowing Joe as a DM, I know that, you know, very rarely do things, are things just random. So, yeah, it's definitely something that's, like, rattling around in my head going, okay, what, what was that? We're going to figure that out eventually. Eventually, we're just going to go, oh, that's what that was, you know? One of my thoughts was, if it wasn't at a place, wouldn't have the archers kind of been prepared to run across it or known to avoid it, you know? Right, right, I and mean, they totally were not. They were caught off guard completely. Right, the smell, uh, you guys, wait, was it a smell you guys noticed with it, or was it just the campfire smell you guys noticed? Um, no, it wasn't a smell. the campfire uh-huh. smell you noticed. Right, and then there was right. the screaming and the crunching. Right, so they got snuck up on it by it? Something, yeah, they definitely mm-hmm. did not expect for that to be in the woods, and neither did we, you know, right. so it, it begs the question, you know, why were you here? Yeah, okay, another another conspiracy or mystery or something to something. unravel and, and take note of. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Keeping an eye on that one. <laughs> uh, and, and do you have anything that you can think of like, linking it to? I mean, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, I'm the only to. the only thing that I can think of is is the War Makers uh, are you know their mo is monkey wrenches. They they like to pit people against each other, you know. So the only thing I can think of at this point, because it would, everything is pointing towards the war makers and them kind of screwing with stuff and and trying to start this war again between uh, the orcs and the elves, um, is that they are, you know, this is maybe something that they either threw out there to get either side to blame the other or that got loose from them or I don't know what. Like, that's the only thing I can think of that makes sense right now you know is is they who knows they could have some kind of crazy menagerie that they're throwing at people to to get you know one side to blame the other kind of a thing right the the thing i was thinking is and it kind of matches up to the abolith that you guys found in the tunnels that might be linked to the war makers you know that that was an aberration this is a monstrosity um, they kind of fall along the same lines of type of creatures that they might be using um, or employing or something like that. Uh, I, I might be stretching a bit there. I don't know. No, you know, I mean, like I said, their MO is monkey wrenches. You know, maybe they've got a summoner. Or they've got some kind of a, you know, magic user that can conjure or control beasts or something. Who knows, you know, what, how far, you know, because we're finding out that they're infiltrated in, in more than we thought and they're kind of it's not just the one thing that we already kind of dealt with it's their reach is far vast more vast mm-hmm. you know so who knows right what right. they're capable of we're gonna find out though it's it's definitely priority one is to figure out what the war makers are up to for sure you know chase and i got a vendetta so uh i was reading through some of my notes here and and definitely the party did smell something foul uh along the trail as you are you guys were going so so this uh Remarez had kind of a foul smell to it or or maybe it was the bodies who knows but um that's something to wonder why they didn't uh see it coming the archers uh, yeah so okay sorry uh, I, I was drifting away on that thought maybe, maybe <laughs> concentrating too much on it Sorry. Okay, so afterwards, you keep on following it because some of the archers got away, and uh, you got got into one of one of your guys' little very weird tirades of uh, damn litterers. Uh, well, <laughs> Mark slash Chase definitely got into it, <laughs> uh, as if these people weren't dead to begin with. Yeah. Now they littered. Rude. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> I mean, you know, current climate. That's uh that's a big deal, man. You don't do that. You don't leave your crap in the woods. I mean glass vials will break down, right? Isn't that how it works? Uh, uh, mm, you know, glass is one of those things where it's like it's it's useful. You don't just leave it laying around. <laughs> Mark Mark is is exceedingly good at coming up with those little bits that just like fit so well that you would never would have thought of. And I love playing off of that and playing with him off of those things. Yeah, every, everybody jumped on the, the environmental, I don't want to say bandwagon <laughs> because we all like the environment, but it, everybody definitely jumped on that one real quick. I, I was very happy to hear about hear that. Uh, that because 
just just one more quick corp uh going along and uh you guys kept on firing him following him to the camp and uh didn't rush right in which i thought was um far more judgment than you guys usually make uh in these types of scenarios (laughs) we stopped and thought for a second who would have thunk it the whole entire the whole entire adventure maybe you guys are just thinking more all along uh learning Splitting up to either side of the Ramirez to hit it from two sides, try and make a distraction with uh, Lilith. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's what you basically did. You know, the sacrificial lamb to one side and everybody else the other for the basically. most part. And, <laughs> and, uh, and taking a moment to pause before rushing into a camp of heavily armed people. And... Uh, just what, what are your thoughts going forward? Don't, don't share what actually happens, but what were your guys thoughts right at the end? Uh, thinking like you're going to catch up to these archers at the camp and what, what are you going to do with them? You know, it's, I think it was one of those, like, it was very much one of those, like, if then go to situations, like there were a couple of pretty strong possibilities. And I think we were ready for either one of them. And I mean, like, basically what it came down to was, are they going to be friendly or not? Um, you know, and we were ready to handle it one way or the other. But, you know, thankfully, we have a diplomat in the party uh, who happens to be the gambler, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that it's we we have encountered enough subterfuge at this point. And we know that the war makers are notorious for kind of hiding in plain sight and and being the power behind the power and things like that, that we've learned to be cautious. But we also know at this point that we have some pretty serious names and powers backing us up. You know, we're like royal companion friend to like three different kingdoms like it just you know we kind of have that in the back of our minds that we know that our names and the names of the people that we're associated with carry some weight well you have the orcs who are in a pretty bad feud with the elves right now Mm -hmm. you have the humans uh, who might not exactly have a lot of pull with the elves right I don't know that they necessarily have a lot of pull with the elves, but I think royalty understands royalty. Okay. You know, I think third group. Do we have three? Is it two or three? Might be just two at this point. Um, There's the original, uh, uh, the original town. uh, Now I can't remember. Oh well, there's the there's the family too. There's the Marsh family. Marsh family and. the, the thistle spires and all of it's that. So, okay. yeah, we have names we can throw around, <laughs> uh, you know, and and proof to back that up. I think we've got letters uh, or some kind of voucher from from just about every uh, nobility that we have helped or encountered along the way. Um, so that gives us, I think, a little bit of confidence. But at the same time, I don't think that it makes us necessarily cocky. You know, it just kind of gives that that, OK, we're not sure what we're walking into, but we know we've got kind of an ace in our back pocket, you know, but we're, you know, we're still cautious just in case things go sideways. I might disagree a little. There's a little bit of arrogance with your group, but but just a little. <laughs> a little. OK, I'll give you that. <laughs> but uh Maybe well-deserved arrogance. Um, I, I am waiting for the day when Chase's luck 
slash gambling runs out. Um, I always think of Chase as uh, Matt Calhoun from uh, Wheel of Time. I know yeah. I've Wheel of Time a few times, but it's the character I always go back to. Uh, and he's like, a big Wheel of Time fan, too, so that makes sense. I feel like, you know, a lot of the things he does goes back to that, uh, to that, that type of personality where, you know, he, he just tries to pull off the really crazy shit and it just goes his way, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been pretty lucky, you know. And I mean, like, luck isn't all of it. There's some skill there. He definitely has got stats in the right spots um, and, and rolls rolls pretty well usually. So, and he knows how to talk. <laughs> that you know what? It's that is such a. I am so impressed with Mark this time around. Like we've talked about that we played games before, and unfortunately, we didn't record our our last adventure. Um, but. Mark has this ability to kind of see nuance and the way that he kind of talks to people and he can be, I don't want to say political, but he uh, kind of can read what he can get away with and what he can't and he'll push those boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, and I see him push those boundaries and it's always so interesting to like, okay, where's he going with this? How far is he going to go? You know? Um but I'm really impressed with with how, and I almost said Erlen again, which was his old character. Um, but I'm really impressed with how Chase has become this this negotiator and taken that that I guess that instinct for the gamble, you know, know when to hold him, know when to fold him, kind of a thing. And it's just it's so much fun to watch, and I love being his goofball sidekick. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I. I... I can understand that, but I I actually love how you can stay in that kind of goofball, bubbly character all the time. Um, whenever whenever you say something, like even even when it's like you're you're threatening somebody, you're still like, uh huh. But we're going to kill them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Joe and I were joking today that Jade is just me without the depression and anxiety. <laughs> Well, that's kind of a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll help you bury a body, but, you know, <laughs> you got to keep it on the le- down low. Well, yeah, of course. You don't tell Everybody people when you're burying bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much fun. It, it you know, it's kind of because we, we record midweek. Um, so it's a lot of fun to just kind of have that midweek break. And be able to to push aside everything that's going on and just be a goofball, <laughs> you know, and you know, kind of really play with my inner child who is deviant, um, <laughs> you know, and and play in that space for a little bit is is super fun. It keeps me sane. That's good. That's good. And 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 uh, we've mentioned it plenty of times already. That that's what D and D's a lot about. Just exiting from our normal situation and being able to make believe, pretend, storytell, do all those things that you can't do in real life. Yeah. And bond with your friends, you know, in ways that you, that you know, is tra- <laughs> trauma bonding. Um. <laughs> Except for now we can't have pizza in person anymore. Damn it. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's been a big adjustment for me. It's been a huge, huge adjustment for me uh, to go to the, um, you know, Discord and, and Roll20 and, and being online and not being in the room with people. Right. Uh, it's been super rough. 
for me. Um, and I think we're past that point. There's there's a few episodes back. Um, there were definitely some episodes where I was very quiet. Mm-hmm. And I think there was even one point where Darian was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was just like, I was trying to figure out how to engage when I am I am as me as Kayla I'm I'm such a kind of empath touchy-feely emotional connection eye contact kind of person that taking all of that away it was very very hard for me to jump into that and it it, it took a while and I still I'll still step back every now and again because I I I struggle with it but I'm getting better I definitely get what you mean, because a lot of my communication is reading people's facial expressions and body language, and I can't get that across Discord. So um, a lot of times I'll think people are putting emphasis on things that they really aren't, or that they're, you know, they have emotion behind things that aren't there. Um, Yeah. And uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, the adjustment, even even though we're eight months, nine months or seven months into all of this now, um, we're still all adjusting. Uh, I know I still am. And I was able to work remote prior to uh, prior to this. And um, I'm still having issues with the whole entire setup of being home alone all the time and only interacting with people across a microphone and a screen. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's super tough. I mean, we, we had to reopen our family's business um, just because of the ways we would not have survived. Uh, mm. But we're still, you know, mask and social, social distancing and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as gaming and things like that, I, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, people that are pretty much sitting in their home, working, socializing, doing everything completely at home is, It's crazy. And I mean, like our group is all of us are so animated when we're at the table. You know, Mark, Mark has, I love him to death. If you don't know Mark, sometimes the inflections in his voice sound more uh, harsh or sarcastic or or arrogant than they really are. Um, And the, the translation in that, the, the, the opposite of that is his body language and his facial expressions and his eye contact um, and all of those things that that let you know that this is just Mark being being Chase or being Mark or being, you know, it's he he has these inflections. And I always knew what was going on with Mark because I knew I've known him for so long. Yeah. And I know his I body language and I know his eye contact and I know when he's got a headache you know when he's not feeling good because all of us have we're all broken we are all so broken <laughs> you know it's ridiculous mark with the migraines me with my fibro like everybody's got something and i knew when he wasn't feeling good and i knew what i needed to do to help him or you know to not turn on a light so fast or whatever and all of those connections and we that was like an emotional connection for us and that carried into our game playing you know darian would come up with these one-liners and be completely blank-faced and we would all just lose it you know (laughs) and stuff like that that's just um that's just tough and you know greg's goofy grin greg's goofy grin and i think greg was maybe one of the most animated out of everybody i mean such a big guy with with you know he he waved his hands around like a like a cuban does you know yeah yeah 
um and and just such a big voice in a room I, and i think we've lost so much from him because he forgets to unmute himself so often yeah <laughs> um it's just really funny yeah and and he yeah when he that was the thing too is that like all of us deal with so many stresses greg works in the school system and he would put all of that aside and it was this time where he could put the stress of everything that was going on in life aside and come to the table with us and be this big goofy over exaggerated movement teddy bear and we knew how to duck <laughs> you know and we we love you know we, we that interaction was so much fun and that he's got this sparkle in his eyes and this grin that is just will melt your heart no matter who you are you know and those are the things that that i miss you know michelle and her her crazy you know sarcasm and and her dark wit um but still with that that little sparkle in her eyes you know is just you know something that is so incredible and and we we don't see those things right uh you know that's i sometimes i i, I want to like be like hey guys can we like I'll jump on video or something like that. And then all of us are like, no, I look like crap. I don't have a shirt on. Was <laughs> you, you know what? You should just force them all. Be like, look, everybody's going to shower this week and wear some clean clothes. And we're all going to jump on video <laughs> just 10 minutes before. Just so I can see your beautiful faces. <laughs> exactly. Say hi. Smile at me. Right. Let, Let me, me know you're me. there. <laughs> yep, all their gorgeous faces. Clean, but... clean the wall behind your vid your uh, camera. <laughs> right. Don't record from the bathroom. Like, <laughs> how many people are on the crapper while recording? Oh my god! I, I you know, <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I've I've been in meetings where we've heard toilets go off. Oh shit. It's, it's one of those things that, like, it's like, yeah, you need a mute, man. <laughs> please, please mute the flesh. <laughs> mute the phone before you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Hashtag mute before flesh. Mute before flesh. <laughs> that, that needs to be a meme. That, yeah, totally. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> Oh, uh, Saturday Night Live actually does get with that in it. Um, I think it was their first one with them all uh, doing skits from home. Oh, wow. I have to look that up. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I'm sorry. It, just going out there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think for everybody, you know, I know a lot of people have had a, a difficult time through these last seven months, eight months. And, you know, just to let everybody know that we're all going through the same thing. And that yep. and that's it, why we continue to record these sessions, you know, because in spite of us struggling to, to get used to it and stuff like that, we want to make sure that there's stuff out there for people to listen to and laugh along with us and know that we're all still human and we're all still struggling and it's okay. Right. I, I agree. So, uh, just to make sure that we got everything covered for the episode, I want to ask you, is there anything that you thought I missed that we wanted to cover for this episode? 
You're asking me to remember things. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, why I have to be the one who remembers everything about the episode each week, I don't know. Because you're the host. You know what? I'm, I'm a lazy <laughs> host. I'm all right with that fact, too. You know that? That's another hashtag, lazy host. Lazy host. <laughs> I never said I was going to be good at this. Actually, I'm pretty sure when you asked me to do this, I told you I was going to be bad at this. So. Oh, hush, you're great at this. But no, I mean, this episode was pretty, was pretty straightforward. I mean, the big yeah. thing for me, I think was, was starting to get to know Celeste. Celeste, which you um, know, we haven't talked about that yet. And, and we, we didn't get to know a lot about her from this episode either. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she is definitely giving us, uh, giving us things in little bits and pieces, which is totally fine. Jade is fascinated with her. Okay. Jade is absolutely fascinated with Celeste. She's uh, good. She's exotic to her, you know, little farm girl probably hasn't seen a whole lot of tieflings in her life. Um, didn't even know she was a tiefling to begin with, you know, until she, uh, you know, I don't even know at this point, she hasn't even revealed her horn, her horn. So she doesn't even she know yet. she's a tiefling yet. Um, but it is this, this big, tall, statuesque, beautiful, female with a with a raven with an albino raven like she to to jade this is like equivalent to meeting like a demigoddess like she is just so fascinated with celeste and the fact that she's kind of aloof mm-hmm. you know because she's you know people ew um <laughs> is is makes it all the more fascinating and makes jade want to get to know her all the more you know and you know jade she wants to make friends with everybody right away right now you're my best friend <laughs> and and there's there's a little bit of standoffishness and there's a little bit of of mystery and that just you know that just piques jade's curiosity to to no end you know so she's having a lot of fun i'm having a lot of fun watching because d is a good friend um good. I, I, I i'm i'm so interested about how she's going to play everything off you know especially with the bird um yeah the interactions with the bird is hysterical (laughs) i agree and and, i mean also like i think she has a lot of interesting ways she can go uh whether or not she goes hard uh with the druid theme or whether you know she starts working in back story elements as she goes i know that you know working up a character profile is something that she's gonna have to do with time and whatnot but uh I, I think she's going to have a really interesting character come out of all this. So yeah, yeah, she's really. I mean, like we, t- you know, we've we've talked about it and whatnot. And uh, she's. I love her kind of commitment to letting this this slow 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 burn this slow rolling boil of of this character come to life. Um, and she's really thinking. You know, she's committed to personality. She's committed to, uh, you know, how this character behaves. The you know, the constant foraging and things like that, that, you know, Joe, Joe uh, doesn't, isn't too hard on us as far as spell components and things like that are concerned, which is great because sometimes, you know, you get bogged down in those things. Um, but when it's part of your core character and part of your personality to do these things, he gives us the room to do it. Um, right. And, and Celeste is very- embracing that. She's been very consistent with the character, um, which is great because if you can stay, you know, true to your character the whole entire way through, you'll you'll make a very cohesive character that way. 
Yeah. And it's not an easy thing to do. You know, I, uh, Jade is, is one of those characters that could very easily kind of go off the rails in some crazy direction more than she already is. Um, <laughs> you know, and you do, you have to kind of constantly think about, uh, you know, who this character is and what this character, uh, is about and the message that you want to, want to give out. And, you know, Jade hasn't seen a halfling, another halfling in a while. Um, she hasn't, you know, she's still very young and innocent. So there's, there's kind of a hesitance to, you know, romantic interests, you know, and things like that. So it's, you know, and she's so, so connected to the party members. And so like, these are my brothers and sisters. Um, but she wants, she's, this is the first time she's seeing the world. Is Lilith the only one who's had romantic, uh, interests? Uh, so I far. Quotes there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so far. Um, it hasn't been a big element of of our game just overall. Like that's that's kind of never never been a huge focus. Not that if you know we didn't pursue it, Joe wouldn't embrace it. Um, we just haven't so much. But Lilith, uh, Lilith is definitely the one that has has kind of you know, developed crushes and flirted and, and done those things. And Jade is watching, <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's nervous uh, to, to kind of enter into that world. Cause she is still like kind of young uh, as halflings go. Um, and she's watching Lilith and she's watching Chase and, you know, Chase is, is singularly focused, you know, Chase has got that, like, take down the war makers, avenge his father, then the rest of life. You know. Until, you know, one day he sees that girl across the room and all yeah. forget. You know, who who knows? Um, you know, it would be interesting to see what Chase would do uh, <laughs> if someone was presented to him that, that distracted him in that way. Um, but I think still in gaming in general, in D&D in general, uh, it, I think it's happening more these days, especially as newer generations are, are coming into the game. Um, but there's not a lot of precedent for romantic interests uh and things like that you know there's i mean like critical role kind of uh you know smashed that wall a little bit uh with fox machina um even to the point of two of the characters getting married which is amazing um and i'd love to see more of it but i think that there's you gotta find you gotta find the right chemistry to play that off the right way i, I would agree with that and um like i i think back when I saw a bunch of uh, vampire masquerade games and stuff like that, you saw I saw it more, uh, yeah. but not so much in D and D. D and D was always more so about the rolling of dice and killing of monsters, killing monsters. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's gotten more into the actual RP of it all uh, mm -hmm. the last few years. So yeah, the last like five years or so. Yeah. Um, I've I've seen so much more of that. And it's funny because like our shop is is very kind of geeky uh in its orientation. Um and we we're we're in a college town. So, you know, we have, you know, kids and I you know, they're young adults coming in, uh, and we smell our own, you know? Like they walk in and it's like you're a D, &D player, aren't you? You know <laughs> <laughs> and and we'll get to talking. Um, so I get to hear stories uh, from these younger generations and stuff that are uh, that are playing D&D &D that 5th edition is probably the first time that they've played, 
you know, and, and listening to their stories and a lot of the younger generation are using it to explore romance, explore their sexuality, explore their gender identity, you know, all of those things. Uh, I'm listening to these stories, uh, you know, from these young adults that, that are doing this. And, and there's always, every time I sit and listen to, to one of these stories, it's, wow, you know, this game has become just in the past five years or so has become so much more and means so much to this younger generation, you know, and it's so cool to watch. And I think maybe in our game, because we're all a little older, except for D, uh, and uh, and Darian when she was playing with us. Um, so we we have that we're still kind of in that, you know, kill monsters, get XP, you know, find the bad guy. Uh, and not as as we don't think about those side stories. We don't think about those things as much. And I think we're all just starting to come around to not those things. Everyone's in pretty established relationships on top of that. Um, so uh, that that's but it's very interesting that that people are you know uh, experiencing it in that way. I I you know I owned a store a number of years back, and I didn't even see uh, that much of uh, that type of environment and this was, but this was five, you know, five years ago, I closed my store. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, um, I, I, I always thought that, you know, it, it should be more for a lot of other uses, you know, uh, but, um, I don't know what I'm saying. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I think you said it all. <laughs> um that's an that that bears an interesting question you said something um this is what happens when you get two people that are show hosts together Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) you said something that was interesting uh talking about um the people in our group kind of being in established relationships you know Mm -hmm. joe and i greg and michelle that kind of thing um i wonder i wonder how that comes across to people i wonder how people handle that like that's a good like that's a good talking point like what does does your IRL relationship status affect how you handle flirting and romance and sex and all of those things within the game? Well, since you you took over the host role, I'll <laughs> be answering. There you go. Uh, I will say, as somebody who's played D anD D both as a player, I mean, both as a single person and as a person in a committed relationship for a long period of time um that it definitely does when i was single i definitely flirted and uh was much more uh active in the whole entire you know kind of idea of doing things in game or or trying to even i would even say going as far as flirting with the player more so than the character but you know using the character to flirt as well as uh, flirting with the player so oh, been there <laughs> yeah um but but i think that uh i mean i've i've always been in monogamous relationships too so uh i don't know how it might be you know in polyamorous relationships but you know being just in a relationship and especially if my partner was at the table meant that you know it definitely restricted me a little bit more um now once i was in a relationship for a really long time it meant that i could be a little bit you know you get a little bit more used to it and when we were with friends and whatnot you can kind of joke around more and be a little bit freer but um you know there there's 
decorum that kind of gets shifted one way or another as as uh, your relationship status changes. It's interesting. It's kind of an interesting social experiment. You know, it's funny that you say that because you and I have played uh, with you in a committed relationship and, and, you know, with you not. And there was a point in the very beginning when you were first playing with us, uh, and this is probably something I've never told you before, um, when, uh, when we were doing our bonding, mm-hmm. when we were figuring out the bonds, um, one of the things that I wanted uh, as, a, as a bond, as a character uh, thing within, uh, within when, when you were playing, and, and I think it needs to be noted that you were playing a female character, um, is I actually passed a note to your significant other and asked if it was okay if my character had a crush on yours, if that would upset them. Oh. <laughs> and and I got a very, a very kind, no, that's totally fine. You know, it's all cool. Uh, back from them and, and uh, started to kind of play into that before, you know, life fell apart. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's interesting um, right. how people do that. Uh, and, you know, Joe and I being in a polyamorous relationship, um, we are a little bit more open and free about such things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, you know, like I said, Jade hasn't done a whole lot of that. I had plans to and then kind of stepped away from it. Uh, but I, you know, in, in other games and in other situations, I've, I've you know, played that out. And, and because we have the dynamic that we do, uh, you know, it hasn't been an issue. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's role playing, but it's not. I don't know. You know, I've definitely done the the flirt with the player uh, through the character. Right. I mean, everybody's at the table to have a good time. And I mean, friends flirt sometimes as is. So. Oh, God, yes. I flirt with my friends all the time. I flirt with Mark constantly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, so, so it makes sense. Well, what I was saying though is, it makes sense that to take it into, you know, D and D role playing as well as you know, uh, as you would role play in real life, you know. So well, that was just my thought. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. That's something I want to ask more people. I want to have that conversation more often. Uh, I'm always fascinated by that. Do do a Q and A and just let people, uh, you know, join up onto a Discord group and talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or maybe on uh, on my Instagram, I'll do a do a post about it and see if people people start a conversation. There you go. That'd be fun. Huh? Psychology through D and D. Why not? You know what? <laughs> Psychology takes so many different ways of just trying to figure things out and try to work things out. And D and D could be a great way to get people past issues and. And just, you know, finding ways to express themselves. It's already a good way to express yourself. So so why not, you know, figure out one more area where, as you said, you know, people are, are working out other things. So, yeah. And more and more the question of uh, the, the it has become, uh, like everything else, the, the spectrum of connection to partners. You know, it's not just you're monogamous or you're not. You know, there's all of these variables and how those variables fit into role playing uh, and how we explore them in role playing, I think, is pretty freaking cool. I agree. I agree. Well, Kayla, thank you very much for joining me tonight. And to everyone out there, I just want to say, keep those conspiracies coming. (laughs) 
Hey, thanks for listening to Out of Character. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever podcatcher you listen to. And if you'd like to be part of the show and ask a question, uh, you can do so on Twitter uh, using the hashtag NSFWOOC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later.